We haven't done this in so long. I kind of forget how it goes. I had to write oh it in God, here. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> right? Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. Awaited, <laughs> long anticipated episode oh. here at the department. Our first episode of 2022, and our first one after a long break. Kim, yes. What have you been up to since the last time we recorded? I've been drinking a lot of wine. Okay, good. Um, Checks out. <laughs> That's how we know this isn't an imposter. You know, like this is really Kim. Exactly. Uh, and then just like really work like work has been absolutely Oof. insane so yep. it has been nice to have a little bit of a break i mean i have to do a lot of trend research for my job mm-hmm. just you know to to make sure that we're like tracking things mm-hmm. um but to not write a full report <laughs> on a trend has been it's been a nice a nice break for me um and I know you've been extremely busy. What have you been up to, Amanda? Well, I moved from Pennsylvania to Austin, Texas, Woo! which is uh, – the move was terrible. Uh, don't oh. ask. But was it was it? moving okay, during okay. a pandemic means everything that could go wrong probably will and you won't get any help. And so it was just really physically exhausting, really stressful. Um, we're here. We're almost completely unpacked. I'm really excited to be here. Of course, we're basically on lockdown again, but still, you know, someday. Oh, are you? Yeah, it's like we're in level five or something, and so okay, you can you can go do whatever you want, but it's pretty not advised, you know. So yeah, so it's been great to like get settled into the house, and like you, I have been working like a maniac. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody, all hell's breaking yeah, because you got right a now. job. I got a job. You yeah. got this, like you got a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I've just been. Whew, up to my ears. I also have the second job called Close Horse, uh, which yes. has actually picked up a crazy amount of men- momentum in the past couple of months. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just a lot. There's a lot going on right Congrats. now. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I I can imagine, and <laughs> which is why we probably won't be um, recording at the same cadence that we did prior. I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just our our own bandwidth and capacity is going to you know we're definitely going to we'll roll out when we can. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're not, still hoping. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not quitting. You know, probably a couple episodes a month. But remember, we were recording every Sunday night for like. A year and a half or something. And it's just maybe I my hope is that work will chill out for us. This my current work pace is not sustainable. I'm sure it's the same for you. Um yeah. fun fact, Kim and I were actually working together for a few months in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I know what yes. she's dealing with because now I'm not there to help her. And uh I, it sounds really terrible. <laughs> it's very exhausting, but it's it's good. It's it's just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how scaling, I feel about my job. Scaling a company. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. So we both have a lot going on, but we're excited to be here and do some more episodes for you in this new mm-hmm. year. Um, it kind of feels like the same as last year. So in this episode, <laughs> we're going to be doing a little roundup of a few trends. You know, when you're mm-hmm. thinking about trends as much as we are, you start to see how they fit together in a weird way that you wouldn't have anticipated at at first, right? Um, So we're going to be talking about some trend-adjacent events, cultural landmarks, and just trends that are back that have been really- sounds fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It sounds really fun. They've been popping up like in the late fall and the winter as we've Mm -hmm. gone into 2022. The thing about 2022 is not only does it feel pretty much the same as 2021 so far, uh, it also feels a lot like the early aughts, which we'll be talking about today in the next episode. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I see. All I see. It's you know, weird. You, you go and you go anywhere and that's all you see. You see that goddamn baguette is back. Baguette <laughs> is back and we don't uh, mean bread. <laughs> we don't mean 
I mean, actually, I have to say that um, the the trend in LA is actually a pretty carb heavy trend, which is really interesting. <laughs> I say this a lot. Like, I was home with. Um, I, I feel like this was before the pandemic, and my sister's like, "Oh, what's you know what's going on in LA?" I'm like, "Carbs. It's just pizza, donuts. <laughs> like it's like it's the hot. Uh, oh, bagels. Bagels are super mm, hot here. Yeah, yeah. Like." Just in like any carb, like people have given up on this like juice cleanse bullshit. It is all about <laughs> the bread. Um, we have been watching this series on Hulu that's produced by Vice, and it's uh, like the dark side of the nineties or something like that. Oh, highly was, recommended. I, really, I want to see. Okay, I've been actually trying to find some stuff to watch. Um, that is really exciting. That's really exciting. Okay. Yeah, actually, I might mention this later, but I feel like you and I need to do a deep dive into the 90s the way we did the aughts. And it's been hmm. because we see how all this stuff fits together and watching that series yeah. has been really inspiring. And in one of the episodes, it's about Baywatch, um, which I hadn't thought of in a really long time. Oh, and they God. interview the guy, you know, he's like, he's probably a little bit older than us, but he was like, a kid on Baywatch. He was the son of the main character. And he made some joke about keto. He was like, yeah, the thing about Pamela Anderson is it's like eating a donut. You know, you know, you shouldn't have it and it's going to throw you out of ketosis. But now here you are eating that donut. And I was like, that guy's fucking chuggy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, he seems like a really nice guy and he's definitely been through it. Go watch that series. It's it's been so great. The very first episode is about '90s talk shows, and it's fascinating. Oh, okay. I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, go watch it. Report back. Okay. Well, <laughs> we haven't done this for a while, but Kim has a spiel mm -hmm. she likes to give you sure. all. Kim, sure. I'm I'm gonna keep it really really short and sweet because hopefully you've listened to all of our other episodes, and I don't need to. Because <laughs> you missed us, you listened to them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. Just a weekly reminder to tell your friends and family about this podcast. Um, you know, you're the reason we show up every week, work nights and weekends researching, deep diving, digging through Pinterest boards and like Huffington Post articles and <laughs> old Gawker <laughs> articles. My fave. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. I mean, we do it for ourselves also, but it was actually really nice to get some shout outs from people who were like, are you guys okay? I know. <laughs> I know. Been gone for so long. I was like, maybe we should post about it. Uh, but then I, I was know, like, I'm I was too like, busy, Ugh. you know, I'm too busy. I know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I don't have time to make a post. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but also, <laughs> that being said, please follow us on Instagram. <laughs> yes, where I promise and we'll try to do some posts. <laughs> we'll try to do some posts. I will, I will make an effort to do some posts. I'll pull myself out of my brain fog of, of work to post about um, 90s trends um anyway so yeah uh, um also you know make sure to follow us on whatever streaming surface so that you can get notified when we do actually come out with a new episode like i said it's not going to be a full regular cadence but if you follow us it'll just alert you um and then you know give us a star rating on apple Podcasts. i actually noticed we have a bunch of star ratings and i i, I need to start posting those because they are really amazing really i'm I have so to go excited check it out. yeah i had kind uh -huh. of taken a break from uh reading reviews after that scorcher yeah. we got and then i got some weird <laughs> ones on close horse and i was like oh no listen i Give get up, it yep. the world is mean this is the world we live in it right is. now fine i would also just want to jump in and say that we will never cover every last detail or trend i mean there are only two of us working on the department and every episode requires a full eight to ten hours of reading research and writing so if you think we've missed something, send us a voice message or an email, but be nice. Mm -hmm. And if you have a suggestion for an episode <laughs> or just want to share your own story, feelings, et cetera, about something we've discussed here, mm -hmm. you can call our hotline number or send us a voice memo that you've recorded on your phone or computer. You can find all that information, all the ways to reach out to us on our website. Once again, that's the department.world. All right. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, 2022, 2022 that does not roll off the tongue. Is, it does not. It's terrible. It's terrible. It strangely is feeling so much like the early aughts right now. Like I just, I can't even believe it. Style-wise, music-wise, every culturally, it's, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
If you, like me, are initially saying to yourself, it feels too soon or too weird to be referring to, say, 2002 as a cultural touchpoint, as an inspiration for what we are doing right now, let me let me just blow your mind a little bit that referencing, say, 2002 in 2022 is the equivalent of being really into the 70s aesthetic style and music in 1994, because my friends, it has been, I hate to say this, 20 years since the odds. And yes, I feel super weird about it too. (laughs) I can't believe. I saw some (laughs) girls walking down the street who looked like, you know, 18 year old me and it freaked me the fuck out. I'm not going to lie. I saw some Jenkos. I literally saw rave pants. too. We saw. It's huge. Dude, it was so weird. We were driving down South Congress, which is a major street here in Austin. Mm -hmm. And there were these girls on the corner. And I was like, oh, my God, those two girls are, like, from 1999. And their dad was Mm -hmm. with them. And I was like, so is he. What is going on? Did we go through, like, a time warp? (laughs) Then I saw some skinny jeans on the other side of the street. And I was like, ah, no, all is well. We're still in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, So – Let's get this weird current yet past moment rolling with a group of women from the past, from 2002, Mm. who we knew were coming back for a visit. This one didn't surprise us. It's Carrie. It's Miranda. It's Uh Charlotte. And the Sex and the City, I don't know, reboot, continuation, sequel. I don't know what it is. And just like that. So, Kim, have you watched it? Oh, oh, yes. I have watched it. God. Okay. Because we have a lot to talk about. Now, if you're new to the department, well, welcome. Or if you missed it, which you really missed it, please go back and listen to our fairly comprehensive breakdown of Sex in the City and the social fashion and food trends it launched. And I say fairly comprehensive because in my hours of research, I did forget to cover the cultural appropriation behind Carrie's iconic nameplate necklace. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in learning more about that, go check out the show notes for this episode because there will be a link to get you going on your deep dive. It is a journey. I'm not going to cover it in this episode. There's way too much to unpack. Read it all. Report back. I will say (laughs) Carrie's nameplate necklace led to some weird trolling trolling messages to my personal Instagram account, calling me a social justice warrior after I responded to a comment about this topic. So once again, (laughs) just all be nice and accept that, yes, there was cultural appropriation with Carrie's nameplate necklace. And you know what? It wasn't even the most messed up thing about Sex and the City. Go listen to those episodes. Anyway, so Kim, you've watched it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you were going to rate it one to five, one being like... I can't. What's the worst show you've ever seen? Can you think of the worst oh, show you've ever seen? What's the worst show? It. Oh my god, that's Off a tough one, head, right? I know that I have a ton of them, but of course now I'm like completely blanking. Um, okay, what on five? What's your favorite show ever? Oh, favorite show ever? Probably like um, Parks and Rec. Hmm, okay. Okay. Office. So where would you rate? Oh, and just like that, on that scale of one to five. I'd say a three. Yeah, I feel like that's how I feel. Like mm-hmm. it's comfortable. I'll keep it, coming I enjoy back. watching. Yeah, I'll keep coming back. Well, you're not going to be surprised to hear this because you too use the internet. That the response has been pretty mixed, and that's putting it nicely. It's actually been very negative. The show has mm. a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and the average audience score is. 29%. Wow. I wonder what – if we had this this rating system back in the 90s and aughts, what that rating would actually have been back oh, then. Oh, 99.9. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. So She already knows. Uh, we're going to walk through like some of the reviews I've read and some of the criticism and whatnot. I think that what makes – this show kind of set up for failure in the first place. And I am not an, and just like that apologist, I see many flaws there. We all have had about 20 years to continue to love and think about these characters. And we feel like they're people. Mm -hmm. And so of course this reboot, it's not really a reboot. The sequel 
would mm-hmm. be disappointing, especially if you hadn't seen the second movie, which I just want to reiterate again, is literally the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. That's a one. That's, That's a one. one. That's like a negative one. <laughs> and I will say that like for me, perhaps knowing, guys, I cannot reinforce this enough. I have seen that movie twice, okay? I put myself through it a second time. And <laughs> I was just <laughs> relieved that the show wasn't as bad as that. So yes. everything is better to me in comparison, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we all know that the original show did not age very well. Once again, go back and listen to our deep dive. You know, the cast was extraordinarily white. The writing felt sexist and transphobic. And a lot of the attitudes around sex for a show that was supposed to be about sexually liberated people Well, they were profoundly antiquated. And of course, we all know Carrie was a terrible friend. I'm going to say I still Mm -hmm. kind of feel like she's a bad friend. Yeah. But not like the worst friend, right? Like no matter what's going on in your life, she'll be like, yeah, well, at least your husband didn't die. And you're kind of like, okay. Exactly. Come on. I get it. Jesus. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Anyway. So – And just like that tries to correct some of that. But it seems to miss the mark despite some new rad secondary characters that I'm – actually excited to know more about but they're like really holding back on that like i don't understand why they gave us all these new characters to get excited about and then they weren't in like four episodes or something i don't i don't know what's going on there um not surprisingly a lot of the negative reviews out there on the internet right now and on the subreddit for the show which Mm. i do follow call out this new woke approach to the writing and many people have a problem with it which i i don't like I like what they're trying to do, but maybe the execution's not that great. And unfortunately, I read a lot of people just having a problem with what they're trying to do. Kind of like, why can't I just have my old sex in the city back? Well, that wouldn't work right now. That's not the same. We don't live in that world anymore, right? We didn't live in that world then, but we definitely don't live in that world now. And to be fair, the topics and the issues that they're discussing do seem so relevant in 2022, but they are presented very awkwardly, and it feels very ingenuine to me. I mean, I I have to admit that some of it is being presented also by Charlotte's lips. Oh, my God. She feels – she looks – like, I can't take anything seriously. I can't stop staring at her face and the her d- mouth and, like, yeah. <laughs> all of that, like. Her diction is weird, right? Like, when she oh. speaks, sometimes I'm like, what? It doesn't seem like the same woman. No. It's like a cartoon character of her. Yeah, it's weird. She had a lot of work done. It makes yeah. me sad. Yeah. And it's clearly affecting her ability to act and speak. Mm-hmm. A lot of the character behavior itself seems weird, except for Carrie still being a bad friend. That's like really on point. Uh, Juan Barkeen wrote this great article for the AV Club that I'm going to reference a couple times. And he said, from the moment I started watching, I was floored that this was a real TV series and not an offbeat parody. The characters behaved erratically, not because we were meeting them again over a decade later and were unaccustomed to their new lives, but because their interactions with other people seemed almost alien in nature. Mm. The more I've watched, the more confused I have become by what the series has done to its characters. And I could see that, right? Like, you know what was interesting about this show, actually, is like, Yes, we've had about 10 years since the second movie, which they don't really acknowledge much like it's existent. It doesn't seem like it's really part of the Sex in the City canon. Uh, so if we even go back to the first movie, we're still pretty far out from that. And it's kind of like no one's lives changed. Like the kids got older. Yeah. They grew up, right? Everybody else is sort of static. And I just would like to think – I mean, I think back to – you know they were they were they've always been older than me, but like thinking about all of the changes I've experienced in the last ten years, it's hard for me to see them being exactly the same in so many ways. Yet not at all having the same essence. Like does yes. that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah. So I love reading reviews. It's one of my favorite things, and so I picked some of my favorite reviews from. Rotten Tomatoes, 
user reviews to sort of guide what's happening out there in the ether in terms of the response to this show. So we'll start with the extreme. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite reviews I've ever read for anything ever, partially because none of the swear words are spelled out, <laughs> even words that aren't swear words, and they're spelled out in weird ways. So effing hell, that's H3LL. WTF was that. That was the most detestable and disturbing thing I've ever seen on a show. Holy crap, but crap's not spelled out. (laughs) This is really, really, really bad. As in, someone should go to jail bad. Was it in regards to a specific situation? (laughs) I don't know. Just the show. (laughs) I think it was just the show. And like, I just want to say here, listen, the show is not great. We gave it a three. We do not need that. We do not believe that anybody needs to experience the criminal justice system (laughs) because this is so bad. Okay. (laughs) So the whole, I'm just going to pause for a second and there are many spoilers about to abound. So if Mm -hmm. for some reason you are listening to this, but haven't seen the show, you should probably stop right now. So first off, right out of the gate, we got the shocker, the death of Mr. Big. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it, a lot happened. Well, it also, it kind of happened like so, I mean, I I get that they're like, okay, well, she's got to be single for this to work, you know? Like she can't just be like happily in a relationship. So they just have to, I mean, she didn't actually necessarily have to be with him. It's just, it seemed so strange that they, they started this, this series off with like such a devastating blow and like such a, (laughs) like, like a funeral, like right away. You know what I mean? Well, and so once again, I'm not sure if the second film is canon here, but in the second film, they were unhappy. Like, she was bored with him. He never wanted to go anywhere. He wanted to get takeout. He put his feet on the coffee table. (laughs) That kind of thing. Wow, you really do remember this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She kissed Aiden, you know, all the stuff. And so it's hard for me to believe that 10, 15 years later, if that is to be canon, that they are just happy, happier than ever, right? Mm-hmm. I would actually love to see what was in between there because there's no way it was all blissful. Anyway, we, you know, the series starts, they're happily in love. It's really awkward. They listen to Todd Rundgren. I feel skeevy. I can't explain why. But anyway, right out of the gate. Mr. Big dies a tragic Mm -hmm. Peloton-related death after his 1,000th ride heart attack, not fail or fall or crash or anything like that. And yes, there were about 1 million posts in the social media sphere about why Carrie didn't call 911. I know. I totally (laughs) agree. (laughs) I actually saw nurses on Reddit being like, she could have saved his life. So I'm just saying. Yeah. uh, I mean, I think it is interesting. You have a really good point there that someone in the writer's room was like, listen, the only way this show's works, show works is if they're not together anymore. And no one was like, maybe they could get a divorce. Or yeah, maybe you know, she no- could already be divorced. Like, and we don't even have to deal with this. Which I would have loved. Actually, we're going to talk about it, Miranda in a few. I would rather this show started with Miranda already divorced, right? Like, I, I'll just say, because yeah. watching that go down is, oh, is bad, too. It's terrible. I know. There it's was terrible. like, we, we need to turn Carrie into this real tragic character. And we really want to oh. make sure that that, that we want to, we want, we have this idea for this really beautiful funeral. And, and then the beautiful <laughs> funeral garb, like, like, it's based on the looks or the scenes and not exactly. The funeral? <laughs> The funeral is so weird, okay? The weird white space and then – anyway, anyway. Yeah. So a rep for Peloton confirmed that while, yes, they the brand knew that they would be included in the show, they did not know that they would be the cause of oh. someone's death. So Peloton quickly, like literally within 48 hours of that episode coming out, put together a Chris Noth ryan reynolds ad that ended with reynolds saying and just like that the world is reminded that regular (laughs) cycling stimulates and improves your heart lungs and circulation reducing your risk of cardiovascular diseases Mm -hmm. so this was like wild week for the world and for peloton specifically i mean well peloton peloton is like going through some serious troubles that's all i read about these days it's true it's true right peloton has been in it and i feel like this was kind of the start of it so Mm -hmm. the episode comes out they find out they killed mr big they put together this commercial Mm -hmm. bravo the internet is losing its shit over it 
about a day or two later, it comes out that Chris Knopf is like a sex pest, an abuser, a creep, an alleged rapist. And so then Peloton has to pull that ad. So it's a bad week for Peloton. So Oof. that's how it all this all gets rolling. But, you know, Oof. if you really – if you spend as much time on Reddit as I do, and I, I hope you don't, <laughs> um, I should really be reading more books and less Reddit. Miranda is the constant topic of conversation. So we mm-hmm. have to talk about Miranda. Here's another Rotten Tomatoes review. This isn't sex in the city. Well, to be fair, it's not. Charlotte's the same, Carrie's the same, and then there's Miranda and Shay for some reason. The problem isn't Miranda and Shay. The problem is Miranda is now a dopey, indecisive, wishy-washy woman who appears to want to find herself. This is 180 degrees against the smart, independent Mm. woman she'd always been. And I have to agree... By the way, I put a great meme in here that Dustin sent me. Uh, Someone created – it was supposed to be Miranda's Netflix feed. It's really great. Uh, Oh. Oh. It's not real. It's really funny. hilarious. Anyway, Miranda, the woman who launched – he's just not that Mm -hmm. into you. The eternal skeptic. The one friend in Carrie's life – who would actually be real with her about her unhealthy relationship with Big? Well, Miranda has just like lost her marbles. <laughs> she says things like comedy concert, which <laughs> people don't say, mm. right? And she says it a lot. She had a drinking problem for oh, a yeah. few episodes oh, yeah. that just disappeared. 100%. Uh, but she's kind of always. Been been a heavy drinker, and I think I mean I I definitely I appreciate that about her. And I mean it was yeah. like it's like having a drink before your first class does seem a little. <laughs> I know. A little, I was like, wow. a little aggressive. I was like, okay. I mean, they're they're, they're clearly making a statement. Yeah. I feel like the the season has I mean there's not that many episodes and there's like a lot a large time gap between each episode which I think is really unfortunate because we're left to imagine all this other stuff happened in between that would be beneficial for us to see. And so the season starts with Miranda deciding she's quit her job as a corporate lawyer. She's going back to school. She wants to become like a you know she wants to do good things for the world. She was mm-hmm. really mobilized by Black Lives Matter and she's she's ready to finally like help make society a better place. These are all super admirable things. But like Kim said, before her first class, she goes to a bar and drinks a glass of wine. So for a few episodes, you're like, oh, I think Miranda's supposed to be an alcoholic. And then that kind of just like goes away. Well, and then like Charlotte then fusses about it, which is just like, oh, stop being so judgy, Charlotte, with your fucking lips. It's your face that doesn't move. I'm so sad. Anyway, so so then Miranda... And I actually saw some people talking about this on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what it really points to is that Miranda has an obs- an addictive personality. So she shifts from alcohol to being obsessed with Che, oh. the most unfunny comedian mm. in the history of comedians. You know, it's awesome to see successful, happy, non-binary characters on, on a show, especially a show as high profile as this one. Mm-hmm. But Che is so poorly written that the Daily Beast published a piece called and just like that, Che Diaz is the worst character on TV. And I would agree. Like, like this character just makes no sense. They, Their signature things are that they're non-binary, they smoke weed, and they are ostensibly a comedian. I would have honestly – this would have been better if they were just like, they are an activist, you know? Mm-hmm. Because every time we have to watch one of their comedy concerts, it's excruciating. Uh, <laughs> I also should just mention that – Che is Carrie's boss at the world's most unappealing podcast. Oh, God, yes. It's like shock jock, wacky morning show, not an interesting dialogue of human sexuality. It's horrible. The other, the guy on the podcast, I'm like, no. Well, what is I that? That's like, that is that right there is some indie sleaze stuff. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So now Miranda is leaving Steve. Steve is approximately 130 years old. I know. And his uh, voice. I, I like <laughs> there's this one scene where like he gets it, he comes up to Miranda and her, I think her new um her college professor, and they're at um a farmer's market, and he's just like rah, 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 and he's just <laughs> making uh, all this noise, he like loses his phone. <laughs> 
phone like an old man. And, I, and I'm like, what is that? Is that his real voice? Neil says that he's seen him in other things and that's not how he sounds. I have no idea. I do know. So, you know, one of the plot points, you know, none of the characters on here really have many attributes that build out a character and Steve's only character notes here (laughs) seem to be old and deaf, right? And he does in real life. I think he is deaf in real life now, but... But yeah, like that's all we know about Steve. Like, does Steve have a job? What about the bar he had with Aiden? What does right. he do for There's fun? There's no cool factor. Does he have friends? Yeah, he has no friends as far as I can tell. It's really, really sad. So we've got that going on. Miranda has no relationship with Brady. I assume Magda raised him and now he's like a weird sex freak and yeah. it's gross. And then gross. Miranda has become this strange, sad, hysterical teenage girl in a Really bad wig. Wig. They have been putting the worst wigs <laughs> on. I, I like. I, I. It's. It's out. It's horrible. I don't know where our Miranda has gone. Um. But it's depressing. It's depressing. Like it's bad enough that we don't have Samantha. Maybe it's. Maybe it's a midlife crisis. That's what I was thinking. But this is like a really sad one. Everybody yeah. on the show is so much less dimensional than they were in the original series, and it should be the other way around, right? So. In his piece, and just like that, we have a Miranda Hobbs problem. Juan Barquin says, you have to wonder what exactly is going on in the writer's room that will result in this inability to manage the tone of her character. Mm. Has the decision to lean into a certain absurdity and sensational sex with Miranda been an attempt to fill the Samantha Jones void? Has Cynthia Nixon decided to forego separation of character and actress and chosen to morph Miranda into herself? Has Michael Patrick King just committed himself to slowly performing character assassination since the horrendous second film? Whatever it is, the show is at its worst when it focuses on Miranda and Shay. And it's true. I want it to be better than it is, that story. And now I don't care about it, you know? And what about that scene, you know, when um, <laughs> when Carrie is in bed and, like, Miranda, of course, is, like, drinking tequila with Shay in the oh, kitchen. Oh, and then, and, oh, God, yeah. Oh, and then they, they do, like, the, like the hand job. But then Carrie just becomes the worst friend. Like Miranda's clearly exploring herself, and Carrie is just like she like pee. Well, she, she like pees she, herself. She peed herself, which to be fair, you know, not not the best turn of events. <laughs> yeah, but she's acting like such a fucking baby. Well, that's interesting. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But one thing mm, that comes okay. back over and over again in the show is, OMG, we're so old, but we act like we're children like it's just yes like no one's behavior makes any sense if if anything yes. i'm like charlotte listening to you talk hurts me right now because of whatever happened to your face but like man i'm just so <laughs> grateful that you're kind of the same you know kind of the same right yeah, yeah. right so I have one last rotten tomatoes review for you it says at the end of each episode i say to myself is that all miranda has become a teenager again Christian Davis no longer no longer knows how to interpret Charlotte and Carrie is useless but still selfish. Mm-hmm. It's painful yes. to watch. So selfish. So selfish. And so once again like something should have happened in the last decade with these characters and it didn't. You know like no one seems to have grown. And mm-hmm. you know we have to talk about the ageism of this show. So I'm going to start by saying that I was initially really excited about seeing a story about these women in their 50s living fabulous, fun, sexy lives, being at the top of their professional game. Mm -hmm. I assumed that, like, Charlotte would be, like, the biggest philanthropist in New York City. You know, Miranda would be – I don't know. I I like the idea of her being an activist, but that's not really – happening in the show i don't know what i thought carrie would be doing i didn't think she would be on a crappy podcast but you know what this reminds me of hmm. did you ever wa- i don't know if you watched the gilmore girls but they came out with that uh, that yes that second that second thing and um they made rory into kind of this sad like underperforming um i don't know just shell of herself it was really, really disappointing yeah, to see that. Yeah, this feels disappointing to me too because these women 
first off, they had all the privileges in the world, right? And yet they mm-hmm. nothing happened. So I was imagining this would be like Blanche Devereaux on the Golden Girls, but times 100, right? Because believe mm-hmm. it or not, these characters are roughly the same age as Blanche's character on the Golden Girls. Hollywood and, and she's got her shit way more together. I know, I know. Like she's hashtag goals. These ladies are like, oh man, mm-hmm. you're depressing me. I'm getting depressed <laughs> about getting older. Thanks a lot, guys. Hollywood and television, no surprise here. They tend to think that at that age, being in your 50s, you should just be focusing on grandchildren and gardening, right? We know that's not true. And actually, the, your 50s can be this amazing time to really be peaking in terms of your skills, your career, you know, just growing, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. not giving a fuck about what people think of you. Like, these are all amazing things that come with age. That's not what's happening here. Uh, I thought this could be a really groundbreaking series, and it's not. Rhonda Gerlich wrote a great piece for the New York Times. I urge everyone to go read it. It'll be linked in our show notes called Middle Age Doesn't Happen Just Like That. And she describes the show as depicting, quote, a world of middle-aged characters suspended in perpetual astonishment and discomfort Mm -hmm. about everything they encounter from commonplace political and social phenomena to their own bodies. Yes. Oh, yes. It's depressing. It's Honestly, I'm still watching the show, like I said, giving it a three. Oh, of course. I feel depressed (laughs) after I watch it. I feel depressed. Mm. More from this article, she goes on to say, it's as if its characters must have been asleep for 20 years and awakened utterly gobsmacked to find themselves encountering such things as black professors, non-binary children, and queer longings. And that quote came from Joy Castro, 54, a writer and professor of English and ethnic studies at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. So Joy Castro would ostensibly be their peer, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And the writer says, the characters do seem Rip Van Winkle-like as they stumble upon and blink in amazement at very, very unsurprising things. Wow. Instagram? podcasts marvel's miranda at some of carrie's latest endeavors as if these were edgy new enterprises for example i remember early on it was like miranda doesn't listen to podcasts she doesn't even know what they are and you're like you know miranda listens to this american life and serial and all of those Mm -hmm. other npr podcasts i don't want to hear it right yeah you know and i was I think that this is what has – I mean, there are a lot of things that have depressed me about this show. But one is, is like, it just doesn't – it implies that when you hit your 50s, you suddenly are like, well, who am I? This world is scary. I hate technology. <laughs> what? That's depressing to me. I found a great comment on this New York Times article. Yes, I read the comment section too. It had like 900 comments. And it gave a different perspective that I also appreciate. The writer said, it's painful to watch – Painful because it hits home. It's what happened to many of us upper middle class white women who were living it up in the city in the early aughts. The Carries of yesteryear are called Karens today. Mm -hmm. The characters know they need to get with it. Carrie's wit and flair made her delightful. Miranda's mild feminist impulses made her refreshing. Their sexual excitement made them fun. Now those things are cringe. Those of us who were awake these 17 years have felt this happen gradually, but it's still hard. And my friends and I, who all met in the city in our 20s, talk about this daily. Mm -hmm. So there are people who time never taught them these lessons, and I think that's really interesting. The rest of us, you know, we take it for granted that we've been swimming in this sea of change for so long. Maybe Carrie... And Charlotte and Miranda wouldn't be part of that. Although I just I I find it hard to believe that Miranda. I expect Carrie to be kind of full yeah. of shit, right? But because even when she was allegedly an edgy sex columnist, she kind of wrote like it was like the '60s, you know, <laughs> like not <laughs> yeah. not really that edgy. Man, I can't stop thinking about what this show would be like if Samantha were in it. I know. And I mean, that also just goes back to the kind of the sad things that I find the show doing, which is like sweeping things under the rug. 
if it's not convenient. Yeah. So it's like sweeping Samantha under the rug. Sweeping, um, what's his name, who actually actually died? Stanford Black. Stanford. By Willie Garson, yeah. They just sent him away. To Japan, yeah. It made no sense. It made no sense. And then COVID, like, oh, okay. Well, apparently the pandemic's over in this in this la-la land of, um, <laughs> of sex in the city, New York. You know, it's, it's so kind of weird. strange. Right? You're like, okay, I guess it's like sort of, we're in sort of like a alternate universe. We yeah. are, but where COVID happened, yeah, because they reference it, but it's done. Yeah. And that's just not true for anyone who lives in New York or in any major city right now. You know, age is brought up constantly in every episode. It's another thing that just really depresses me. And, like, I just want to reiterate again, these characters are only about 54, 55 years old, but they act as if they're mm-hmm. 75. There are so many peeing issues. <laughs> Miranda, Miranda's in line at the comedy concert, and she needs to use the bathroom, and she says, hey, everybody, I'm 55. I got to cut through. And you're like, what? What? Or, like, Harry pees herself. Uh, I mean, there's this scene where um, H- Harry is peeing for like 10 minutes and it's disgusting and I didn't oh need to hear it. my God. That is totally right. Harry with, with his really skinny arms. I know. <laughs> his arms are really He's skinny. really skinny. Anyway. And speaking of Harry, his colonoscopy comes up so often <laughs> that <laughs> – Many viewers on Reddit thought it was hinting at a colon cancer plot line, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was. They were just trying to be like, hey, we're not like we were before. We get colonoscopies. And like I said, Steve is approximately 100 <laughs> years old now, has no life or identity no. of his own. He just is like always at home. He can't hear. Speaking He's like daughtery. Yeah, he seems to like... Like, another plot line that people think the show is hinting at is that Steve is going to have dementia. And I'm like, guys, he's only 55 yeah. or something. Like, anyway, I, mean, I well, just think they're writing badly. I, yeah, and I and I think that this this is, like, a really strange turn of events, especially since Sex and the City was all about women in their 30s and 40s. And and how, they, how, how the 20 is the new 30 or whatever, or 30 is the new 20 or whatever the, the hell it is. And now they're kind of reverting back to, to okay, well, uh, now we're just old. And there's just, like, it's not about 50 being the new 30, which it could have been. Ugh. And I think that's what people really liked about the show. Instead, it's like, it's now the new 110. Yes, like, exactly. It's so depressing. It's so depressing. Overall, I don't know what will happen with the show. If it's renewed for a second season, I will totally watch it. But my hope is that the writing will be better. I can't figure out how this is going so badly. It's been really difficult for me to care about anyone on the show Mm -hmm. except for the children and the new characters because no one else feels like the characters I came to know so well. And sometimes it feels like they're all in a really bad like fan fiction school play like in Rushmore when they would do like these crazy movies into plays. That's what it yes. feels like. It's so awkward and strange and like, like I don't know. Everyone on Reddit is like, it's because they're bad actors. And I'm like, no, I think it's a bad script. I think it's just a bad script. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I mean, so, it's better than it's better than um, the second movie. So they yeah. did. <laughs> they did evolve a bit. They did. That second movie is so bad, right? So, like, everything is better to me in comparison. And like I said, I really enjoy watching this. And I just – I find it really hard to empathize with some of the characters. I I feel sad for Steve, even though he's – because he's so pitiful. I kind of (laughs) got got into my head the other day where I was, like, tearing up thinking about how Steve has never – He's never been good enough for Miranda. Like Miranda's always, always wanted something that's not yeah, she's him. Like she and settled. She always settled. Yes, and remember back when, back in the series, he had that new girlfriend. I can't remember mm-hmm. what her name was, but she had a major accent, like a major New York accent, and like she should have just let them be together. But she yeah. broke them up. She would have been so much happier if she was in like a power couple relationship where she was actually with someone who was like her equal professionally and could push her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like Charlotte is exactly where I thought she'd be, except I thought she'd be doing a lot more. 
Um, she and Harry seem very happy. That yeah, makes me happy. I like I like Harry for her. Carrie, to me, is like, I just, I She's don't so think you selfish. should marry, and you shouldn't marry someone who leaves you at the altar. I've yeah. always had a problem with that. Yeah. Like, just, you know, let, yeah. let well enough feel done, you know, and move on. And I hate that we have to every episode here about, you know, like, well, you have problems, but your husband's not dead. And I'm like, dude. You're still you, apparently. Nothing changed for you. You were like in cryo you were like cryogenically frozen for 10 years because you haven't matured at all. So overall, I don't know. I think a second season could be better. I think that probably the pandemic, you know, put a crimp in as many episodes as they could have shot. So we're skipping a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll learn from the writing. I don't know. I don't want to give up. Do you feel like there's any key fashion trends coming out of the looks that are being um, push I haven't really seen much. I mean, the clothing yeah. is great. Um, there is this like a- ID bracelet. It's very classic that Carrie's been wearing that I think they're trying to make be the new nameplate necklace mm-hmm. that has her initials engraved on it. And I see a lot of people talking about that. And that could be a trend that's really accessible to a lot of people. Um, I personally have loved that they have all those rolling racks of Carrie's clothes in her apartment. And I remember so many of those outfits. Yes. Like Lily was wearing the poncho that uh, Carrie wore on the cover of that magazine that was like not sing- not so single and fabulous or whatever, <gasps> single and fabulous question oh, mark. Remember yes. that? Yes, where she's I like smoking a cigarette. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I have loved seeing that and I loved seeing her pull out some of those clothes. I personally would like to see her wear more of those um, because, you know, that would be a good example to proud outfit repeating your whole whole life. Um, yeah, I I mean, everybody looks great except for Cynthia Nixon's wigs. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's mm-hmm. like they're buying them on sale. They're like sideways. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do wish that they would wear a little bit like – more reasonable clothes for the things that they're doing like they yeah were, like when they were painting yes <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like this outfit for painting like why are you fucking wearing these heels dude like put on a sneaker like you're yeah, gonna, you, yeah you're gonna get paint on your shoes <laughs> also, i know it's, it's so, weird. so uncomfortable like like that is basically just pushing us down back down that road of like you have oh. to be sexy all the time. And you, know, and you have to wear those shoes that are really bad for your feet. Yes. If if that comes back, which it could, because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this more in the next episode, but two key aughts trend subcultures are back. Could horrible shoes that you can't walk in and destroy your feet be part of that? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think it's going to be hard, kind of hard to get a lot of people to get back into uncomfortable things post pandemic. I hope so. I hope so. Because you're right. Why are they wearing th- I mean, Carrie had hip surgery. Yeah. You know? Get, get wear some goddamn dance goes. <laughs> Serious you know what? I'm just gonna say anytime I've ever had to go to the doctor with like an ankle, foot, or knee problem, much less hip, the first thing I hear is what kind of shoes are you wearing? Yeah. I bet you're not wearing the right shoes. Why isn't anyone having that conversation with her? She had to have hip surgery. Hip surgery. And then she peed her pants. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. Then she was, was all pouty and bitchy about it when Miranda's clearly like having a sexual awakening and is so excited for the first time in her life. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because for some reason she was with Steve this whole time. Yeah. I, I no never wonder. thought they were going to last. I know, I know, I know. I actually, one thing that always bugged me about Miranda ending up with Steve was not Steve himself. He's a great guy, but it was pushing this idea that like you need to be with your child's father. That's the end game. Yeah. And I don't like that. I would have liked to see them be co-parents. Yeah. Apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's, and just like that, I know you all wanted to hear what we had to say about it. And I... Believe it or not, talking about that and what I'm going to talk about next is really setting us up for our next episode. Where we're going to jump into talking about indie sleaze and the mm-hmm. return of Twee. I promise they tie into this. And what I want to talk about now, another trend that's out there. This is more of a social trend, not a style trend, is snarking on the snarkers. <laughs> 
I know. So as we discussed back on our trolling episodes, snarking is critical or mocking comments made in an indirect or sarcastic way. And during the pandemic, as we have all been so sad and miserable, we have seen snarking picking up major momentum with snarking television shows, podcasts, influencers, and famous people of all varieties becoming a way of life. There is a subreddit for snarking just about anything or anyone. There are snarking Twitter accounts, YouTube channels, Instagram accounts, TikTokers. We love some snark. Your girl, Amanda Lee McCarty, has been snarked about on Reddit. Oh, what? Yes, oh that's my right. God, that's, you're famous. On a snark about podcasts, they talked about how when people leave messages and they say nice things to me about the show or thank me for my work, I always leave them in and they find it really annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, people people like to snark, right? And that, that like I always talk to everybody like they're so what? my friends, whatever. No. I'm not reading those kinds yeah. of things anymore. I don't need it. I know. I think, you know – We talked about back in the trolling episode that a lot of snarking and bad behavior on the internet really is like the way we sort of release our negative feelings. I had, I mean, you, we had a lot of that happening at the end of last year for us, Mm -hmm. Kim. We had the bad review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We had some weird messages coming our way. I had someone message me on Christmas Eve to tell me that by using vintage art direction on clothes horse i was really spreading like anti-vintage sentiment and like that was yeah i know i know i know i blocked that person because i think they were just having a bad day and wanted to take it out of me but interestingly enough i woke up the next day and i read this article which i have not linked here i can't even remember the title by the time this episode comes out and kim puts together the show notes i'll send it her way but it was basically talking about it was in the Washington Post about how our collective grief and trauma over the past two years has made us all a yes. bunch of assholes. Yes. You know? And I get it. I get it, right? And it kind of made me feel better. I was like, oh, right. People are being terrible to everyone everywhere, which we talked about in the bullying, cyberbullying, trolling episodes. Like, you know, flight attendants and retail workers. Everybody's getting shit all over in all directions right now. So... I first became aware of snarking as America's pastime in 2020 when I had a lot more time on my hands. Can't imagine why. It was a wild world to me because I've never really been into following influencers or watching reality shows except for 90 Day Fiance. And at first, I was I was kind of excited that someone was finally calling out all the bullshit with influencers and reality sto- show stars, you know, like photoshopping themselves into unrealistic bodies, not calling out ads that were obviously ads for like diarrhea (laughs) tea and whatnot. You know, they were presenting these fake lives, which you know what? I could see the impact that was having on the mental health of their followers. And, you know, since then we've seen a million pieces of information come back, come out from Facebook whistleblowers who knew like, you know, Facebook, Instagram knew that a lot of this shit was really messing up teenagers' self-esteem and mental health. Mm -hmm. But it was affecting adults too, you know? So at the same time, we also had influencers like Daniel Bernstein that were literally copying small designers with impunity and churning out fast fashion. Like like it was nobody's business. So in the beginning, all the snark seemed like a good thing to me. Like maybe it would open some eyes and make some change. But then in 2021, it started to get really weird. <laughs> Suddenly we were snarking about kids, Aww. the name of the kids, husbands, posting too many – like you could snark on someone whose uh-huh. literal job is to create content on social media, right? That's what influencers do. Post Snarking what? on them, posting too many photos of having too much fun, of being too happy, of questioning that their relationships could be as good as they were. It just felt like nitpicking. So on the current season of 90 Day Fiance, um, there's this couple that is doomed, uh, not for the reasons I'm about to say, but you can tell that the woman is not into the guy and he farts all the time <laughs> and she, <laughs> and throws his clothes around. I mean, he's terrible, right? But he's also a nice guy uh, and he's been supporting her financially for quite a while. And I can see in her eyes that she has crossed that line when mm-hmm. she hates everything yeah. about him, you're right, and like him farting, which if she like loved, like felt sexy for him or loved him, she'd be like, everybody farts, right? Ha ha ha. But instead, it's like 
you're a disgusting child. I can see she's crossed that line where she's just like, I don't like this guy. And I feel like a lot of these snarkers had crossed this line with all like reality stars, influencers, you name it, where they were just like, everything this Mm -hmm. person does just makes me sick and angry, right? Then it escalated to digging way too deeply into these individuals' private lives. Like, people were basically becoming amateur private detectives, and they were finding out where these people lived, who their friends were, their grades in school, digging up conversations from, like, 10 years ago. And it just got really nasty and over the top all the time. There's no way that reading that stuff is good for anyone's mental health, whether it's about you it's about someone you don't know or you're just passively reading it because you're bored on your lunch break. Negativity breeds negativity, you know? It feels like idle hands where there's just – people are yeah. just not – they just don't have a lot to do. And so they're just, you know, falling into these wormholes. I think so too. And then on top of this, you know, we're all going through a really tough time. It's like this is their outlet, but it's it's going too far In the late fall, stuff was just reaching a peak with this, just like doxing people and being – I was just really getting ugly. I noticed that more and more accounts and subreddits were popping up to snark on the snarkers, essentially calling them out on their bullshit. Now, like all things that we do, it gets out of control sometimes too. But I like this because it seems like it could – course correct a little bit. I even listened to a podcast called Roasts and Toasts that is about snarkers and holding them accountable. Really? And I really I was like, okay, cool. It's interesting, right? Because like I said, mm-hmm. some of these people, man, you know, there's another podcast I listen to called Trend Lightly. Highly recommend. It's about social media trends. Every episode is like two hours long. Um, it's hosted by Molly McAleer, who does one of my favorite podcasts, um, uh, Mother May I Sleep with podcast, which is about lifetime movies. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she said something really interesting to me. She was like, you know, you go on Reddit and you go into like these subreddits about like, I can't remember Alec Baldwin's wife's name, like Hilaria Baldwin, but they call her Hillary. Anyway, there's a subreddit to snark on her. And people are so like, they take it to the next level where like, she doesn't even give a fuck about any of us. I can't wait till her whole life falls apart. She'll probably have a nervous breakdown and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Whoa, Whoa, right? And she was talking about that, how these people create these personas for these celebrities that are so – it's like fan fiction but like in a really negative way that they don't – they can't even separate themselves from what's real about these people and what they've created in their minds. And I feel like this is what's happening with a lot of these like snark accounts and snark – I mean like there are literally subreddits that are just to snark on one particular person. It's like pretty intense. Wow. Like, like I said, Hilaria Hillary Baldwin has. There's one about her, just about her. That's all people are snarking on all day, every day. Um, and it, it seems really unhealthy. And I, for them, just as much as for her. So I recently got way too involved in the saga of a snarker called Girl Gangs. It was an account on Instagram that snarked on influencers and Bravo stars, which I don't know any of those stars, so. I pretty much ignore that content. This -hmm. account was run by a woman named Erin, and she was merciless in revealing personal things about influencers that should not have been public, like domestic abuse allegations, cheating, like their husbands cheating on them, that kind of stuff. And she was just also generally really nasty to them. At the same time, she was supposedly also calling out, you know, when they weren't doing hashtag ad or Photoshopping. And so... You would see, you would come to her because you would be like, I hate that Danielle Bernstein steals designs and photoshops herself down to a size zero and is a mean girl. But then you get sucked into like so and so influencer's husband is actually cheating on her and it's all going to come out. And I, I've got the tea <laughs> and all that stuff. And you'd be like, whoa. And like God. anyway, at the same time, Erin, this girl gang's person, was like blowing up. Like I want to say she probably had close to like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, massive, over a very short period of time. And she was loving this ever-growing fan base. Like, she was loving it. And then things got really weird uh, towards the end of the year. So everything I'm about to say is very allegedly. Um, There's no proof of any of this. uh, But trust me, there is a subreddit that talks about this every day that I have been reading. 
And uh, so Erin was pregnant, right? I also am going to start by saying uh, we are going to talk about, uh, you know, losing your child. So if that's something that is triggering for you, you should probably just stop this episode right now. You don't need to hear the rest. So Erin was pregnant. She announced it on Instagram, I don't know, back during the summer. She posted this image of a onesie with the child's name on it and like a sonogram but it turns out both of those were bought on etsy and like neither were real things you can pay for these kind of like digital birth announcements where you can put your real sonogram on there or you can just use one they have so there's never been any real proof of this child beyond that and at some point in the fall she posted photos of a baby shower but like no one was there and there was nothing that said her name or the baby's name. It was all very weird. I want to say the baby was named Finn. So she's supposed oh. to – oh, and the other thing is like she had gotten pregnant from some guy in Chicago where she lived who didn't want to be involved. And she would talk about that sometimes too. So the baby, based on her calculations, was going to be due in December. And she posted something like having one last dinner before I get induced. And then she disappeared. Her Instagram account was wiped clean. She disappeared from the earth. People were really worried, you know? They thought she'd like something bad had happened, right? Like to her, the baby, whatever. She started messaging a few followers and telling them that she had lost the baby and she was in a psychiatric ward. People are very concerned, right? It turns out that all of that was a lie, allegedly. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, I know, I know. I can't – there's so much complicated stuff where, like, she – people think she's creating fake accounts and coming after people and doxing people and threatening people and she's living at home. Sounds very toxic. Yeah, but I think this is a great example. This is a person who was calling out influencers and reality stars and, like, you know, it was Mm -hmm. a snark account, like, holding people accountable. But then you're like, you created this whole fake story and you're coming on to – Reddit with like fake burner accounts and harassing people. And the whole thing is really dark. People are really mean to each other. It's really brutal. Uh, It's taught me a lot about the internet and parts of it I don't want to be a part of. It's like, I'm excited that maybe we're saying, hey, you know, all that time where we were just being nasty to one another under the guise of accountability with like influencers and whatnot, maybe we were just being mean to each other and we need to dial it back. And I think that's what we need more of right now because things are going off the rails. We're all full of fire and brimstone right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's, it's trying to, I, I listened to some of these, some podcasts about um, like positivity <laughs> and, <laughs> and how to like, you know, be more like, you know, mindful and, um, you know, show gratitude. And they're just like, you need to like, one of the biggest things is to stay away from this stuff yeah, and to really only surround yourself with positive people, positive content, like all of that. And this is just, you know, it, it, I f- have a feeling that this is also kind of a, um, this like toxic, um, uh, I guess garbage (laughs) is, is, uh, is, is probably pretty addictive. Yeah. Like once you start getting into it, you get like really addicted to this. Like there has to be some sort of like dopamine. Yeah. Kind of giving yourself. That's what I was thinking too, because like we've talked about here, like the rise of gossip culture in the aughts with like Mm -hmm. Perez Hilton and, you know, the paparazzi and all the tabloids and whatnot and how people were just like addicted to it. Like they would refresh, you know, Perez Hilton, like, 37 times a day and like you know had to constantly be feeding themselves more and more well we have a lot less of that gossip in the same way now i know that there are accounts like domois that try to bring that back but it's still it's just not there because social media provides that same sort of high for so many people if you want to see someone being mean to someone all you have to do is open your phone if you want to hear something juicy about someone just open your phone it's like readily available but you know, it's been now two years of most of us being really afraid, uh, full of anxiety, trapped at home, missing our friends and family, worried about life passing us by, worried that we're going to wake up and have to get hip surgery and pee our beds, you know. And <laughs> I think that it really makes us look for 
that dopamine anywhere we can get it. And it could yeah, be like by being exactly. mean to other people on the internet or snarking about people who we think deserve it by way of being famous or known. And I mean, guys, come on. I want better for all of us because going back to the odds, look at how gossip culture destroyed Britney Spears' life, destroyed yeah, Lindsay exactly. Lohan. So Kirsten Dunst, I think she's hopefully finally getting out of all the damage that was done to her in that time period. I don't want the same for us right now. And I feel like there was this, I know that Perez Hilton felt this way back in the aughts that like, well, these women, by being famous, by being rich, they were asking for it. And this was part of the job that they should have to accept that people should be shitty to them and say mean things about them and draw dicks in MS paint on their faces. And like that stuff hurts. And I feel God, like when I see this, I know when I see the snark stuff, I mean, I'll see people say it like, listen, if you want to be on a reality show or be an influencer or content creator, then you're asking for it. This is part of the deal. And I'm like, I don't know if that's part of the deal. Part of the deal is that you have to post content all the time. And, you know, that's a full-time job and you have to be on and always providing customer service by way of speaking to people in the public. I don't think you're asking to be shit on all the time. And there's this snark culture is no different than what Perez Hilton was doing in the aughts, except now we're doing it. We're not just consuming it. We're like taking part in it. And I see people taking this same like hyper negative, super angry approach to and just like that. <laughs> so yeah, talking about exactly. Miranda, like she's a real person. Seriously. Like – you know, or I just picking apart Cynthia Nixon because they put bad wigs on her. And, you know, I, I just, I want to, I want us to have a better year, you know? Yeah. What do you, what do you advise we do? I mean, I think unplug yourself from that shit. Unfollow those subreddits, yeah. unfollow those accounts. Honestly, it's like you said, like surrounding yourself with positivity does make you feel more positive. And that's what we need. I, th I, you know, in my work on Clothes Horse, I'm trying to be as positive and encouraging as possible. I'm also saying to myself, if someone comes to me and has a dick on the internet, they're getting blocked because this is my space and I do what I want here, you know, and yeah, I have exactly. to take care of myself. And I think you should, anyone who's listening, you should take that approach too. Like there is something to be said by being surrounded by nice people. It does make you feel a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's all we have for this episode, but we'll be back next week where I promise everything we talked about today leads into talking about the return of indie sleaze and twee culture. Sweet. Sweet. I can't wait. Two of my favorite things to talk about. So until then, <laughs> have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.